0: On August 21st, the moon passes between the sun and earth, creating a total solar eclipse. The sun is so bright you need special protection to watch the eclipse. Get your very own eclipse viewing glasses when you donate in any amount to support Brains On. Make a gift today at
1: BrainsOn.org slash donate. You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious.
2: Buckled
3: in the backseat near and far it's a brains
0: on road trip in the car the wheels on the car go round and round round and round round and round the wheels on the car go round and round on our awesome road trip um are we there yet? Oh, you mean the beginning of the show? Yes, yes, you're right. I was just trying to kill time because today is all about getting stuck going nowhere in a traffic jam. That sounds frustrating. It is, but I promise you it will be much more exciting than sitting in an actual traffic jam. So buckle your seatbelt, get in gear, and join us for a very slow ride. Keep listening. Listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom and with me again is our co-pilot for this road trip series, Gabriella Hopper. Hi, Gabriella. Hi, Gabriella. If you could imagine a new way to transport yourself from one place to another, what would it be?
1: Probably like where you step into a portal and then it immediately takes you where you want to go.
0: <laughs> so it just kind of like zaps you there? Yeah, I would like that too. Do you ever just walk or ride a bike?
1: Sometimes I ride my bike around the neighborhood, but I've never actually rode it somewhere. And I've never actually walked. Well, I've walked, but (laughs) um, I've never actually walked to, like, school or anything. So what is the main way you get around? Um, Bus or car.
0: There are a lot of different kinds of vehicles on the road, and the vast majority of Americans use cars to get around. And that makes for a lot of traffic, about 4 billion hours of delays each year. That's an average of about 40 hours a year for most people. That's like going to work for a week and just sitting in traffic.
1: That causes pollution, and it costs people a lot of time and money. Plus, it's super boring.
0: So today, we're going to figure out where traffic comes from and what it would take to make it finally go away. To help us out with this, we're joined by producer Megan McCarty Carino. She's pretty much an expert on traffic because she lives in Los Angeles, the city with the worst traffic congestion in the country. Hi, Megan. Megan? I thought she was supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. Hello? Oh. Okay, yeah, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Now, Gabriella, she's running a little late. You know, she's stuck in traffic.
4: Hey guys, sorry I'm late. You you better get in quick. We're barely gonna make it to this movie. What movie? We better just get in. Alright, let me just pull up my handy traffic navigator app. Take me to the drive-in. I'm sorry. I don't know what jiving is. Drive in. There is an eight-minute slowdown ahead. You should really have planned this better. (sighs) Thanks a lot.
3: Disclaimer, Brains On does not condone speeding, swerving, or reckless driving to get to movies, because that's dangerous. Brains On does condone always getting popcorn at the movies, though, because that's delicious. Now back to the show.
0: Oh, I think I see the sign up there. Turn around. Then turn around again and go back.
1: I don't think this is
4: helping. I'll just take this shortcut. <coughs> Whew, made it. Do you have
0: snacks or a drink? No, I could drive and get some. Actually, no, no, we're fine, thanks.
4: What is this movie about? It's called Trafficus Maximus. It's like one of those Roman epics with gladiators and chariot races. But with more traffic.
3: I am the noble Drivis Allotus, and I challenge you to a race around the city.
0: Wait, they had traffic in ancient Rome?
4: Yep. Traffic has pretty much existed as long as we've had roads and cities. But they don't even have cars. No, but they had horse-drawn carts and lots of people on foot. Rome was one of the biggest cities of its day. It had more than a million inhabitants, and all of them were trying to get around on narrow, winding streets.
3: Alas, I could have been the fastest charioteer the gods have ever seen, were it not for this infernal traffic. Emperor Caesar, I beseech you, do something. <clears throat> I hereby decree that no man shall drive his chariot inside the walls of the city while daylight shines upon these streets.
1: Whoa,
4: so ancient Rome had traffic laws? Yeah, they even had a police force to make sure nobody broke the laws and drove in the city during the day.
3: I hereby cite you for violation of Roman traffic law LXXIV. Please surrender your reins and prepare to fight the lions. Why would anyone want to live there?
4: Living in big, crowded cities like Rome has its benefits. I mean, that's why humans have been building them for so long. It allows us to work together to build things, protect ourselves, innovate new technology, and provide plenty of food. But it means we have to deal with crowds, especially on the roads. Oh, wait, here's the good part.
3: I am but one man, chosen to fight for our freedom from traffic. Throw off your chariots, good men, and walk. Walk into the glorious streets.
1: Hmm, that was a great movie. I'm glad we can get around in cars these days. Speaking of
0: cars, maybe we should get out of here before the traffic starts again.
4: Oh, good idea. Let's sneak out this side exit.
0: While we're headed back to the studio, let's pass the time with the mystery sound. sound. Here it is. Any guesses from you, Gabriella? Um, sounds like water, kind of. Hmm. Excellent. And Megan, what do you think? Do you have any guesses? Hmm. It
4: kind of sounds like water...
0: Going out of a barrel underwater. (laughs) Okay, we have a
1: consensus of water. There's a lot of water
4: going on. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We'll be back with the answer right after this. Our next Versus episode is coming up in July, and we want to know which side you're on.
0: Which do you think is cooler, deep sea or outer
1: space? Send your argument to hello at brainson.org.
0: It's your answers, questions, and mystery sounds that make this show possible.
1: And in order to thank all the kids who share their energy and ideas with us, we started the Brains on a Roll.
0: Listen for the most recent group to be added to this illustrious list at the end of the show.
1: And if you're looking for some more fun to keep you busy in the car, you should subscribe to our newsletter.
0: If you do, we'll send you some downloadable activity sheets dreamed up by the Brains on team that will help you pass the time and style.
1: You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Gabriella Hopper.
0: And I'm Molly Bloom. It's good to be back in the studio and not in the car. Today's episode was inspired by some questions sent in by our listeners.
1: My name is Zachary from Brookfield, Wisconsin. my question is, how do traffic lights work? Our names are Noah, Grace, and Audrey. And we're from Oak Park, Illinois. Our question is, what causes traffic when there's not a car accident? Hi, Brains On. I'm John from San Bruno. My question is How do traffic lights work? Thanks.
0: Our friend Megan McCarty Carino lives in LA, the U.S. traffic capital. She's here to help us answer these questions. And before we find out where all this traffic comes from, let's go back to another puzzle the mystery sound. Here it is one more time. <coughs> Any new guesses?
4: Kind of sounds like a frog language, too. Ooh, a frog language. <laughs> what do you think, Gabriella?
1: Um, like water being put into, like, I don't know, like a water bottle underwater and then being poured out underwater again, kind of like Megan's.
0: Yes, by frogs. <laughs> All right. Here with the answer is Claire from Ashburn, Virginia.
1: Wow, it was windshield wipers on a rainy day.
0: So you were close. There was water but just the windshield wipers were moving it around. Mm. So that's what it sounds like in the car when her windshield wipers are going. So, Megan, where does all this traffic come from?
4: Traffic jams can be caused by lots of things, like a crash on the road or construction that closes lanes. In fact, construction was one of the main factors that caused what's considered to be the worst traffic jam in history. Let me guess.
0: It was in L.A.
4: No, actually. It happened in China in 2010 on a highway near Beijing that's always full of big trucks. But a big construction project shut down half the lanes and blocked the trucks from moving so no cars could get around. Drivers were stuck for several days on the road, moving less than a mile a day. They had to spend
1: the night in their cars. How did they eat?
4: The local townspeople came out to the highway. They started selling water, instant noodle soups. People were taking goods off the trucks. It took almost two weeks to clear up. So that traffic was caused in
0: part by construction. But what about those times when you're driving and all of a sudden the cars slow down and then they speed up again and you have no idea why?
4: Right. That's pretty common. Researchers who study that phenomenon call it a phantom traffic jam.
1: Is it caused by
4: ghosts? No, there's nothing supernatural about it. It all has to do with physics. Researchers explain it by comparing traffic flow to a liquid. It's a concept called fluid dynamics. Think about making a soup. Gabriella, have you ever made a soup before?
1: I like making, like, chicken noodle soup.
4: (laughs) Hmm. Well, say you start with a liquid base, in your case, chicken broth. It's all liquid, so you can just slosh it around, pour it into a glass if you want. Maybe you want a pea soup or a chicken noodle soup, so you start adding some peas or some noodles to the soup. Those are like cars in traffic. Now, if you only add a few peas or noodles to the soup, it still sloshes around, flows like a liquid, just like if only a few cars are on the road, they still flow freely. But add a few more peas, maybe some potatoes and carrots, onions, celery, little pinch of garlic, you get the idea. And the soup starts to get thick. It doesn't slosh around anymore like it did before. Now it's more like a solid. And it stops flowing as smoothly. It doesn't easily pour into a glass. Ew, that sounds messy. Exactly. And that's how traffic jams start. The more cars you add to the road, the more dense the traffic becomes until it stops flowing. The reason is that when cars are packed in so close together, every little move by each individual driver has an outsized effect. So say you step on the brakes because you hit a bump or someone cut in front of you, or you were looking at your cell phone, which is very dangerous. Those little random fluctuations cause a ripple effect. So the guy behind you brakes a little and the lady behind him brakes a little more and on and on until you have a traffic jam.
1: Now we've learned about the history of traffic jams and the science behind why they happen. And if so many people study them, there must be something we can do to avoid them, right? Traffic is pretty
0: hard to get rid of. That's why it's been with us for centuries. But you're right, there is lots of research and technology now to help us make traffic flow better. One way is being pioneered in Megan's home city of Los Angeles. It's the first major city in the world to synchronize all of its traffic lights. And they're controlled from a single room deep under Los Angeles City Hall, where Megan takes us on this field trip.
4: Okay, so I'm here at a place called ATSAC, which I assume stands for Awesome, Traffic, Super Amazing Center.
2: (laughs) Hi. Yeah, welcome to ATSAC Center. It stands for Automated, Traffic, Surveillance, and Control Center.
4: That is Jeffrey Shu, a supervising engineer with what is actually called the Automated Traffic Surveillance and Control Center. A super high-tech place four stories underground where all of the traffic lights in Los Angeles are controlled. It's kind of like we went down into the James Bond lair where, you know, you are masterminding the traffic for L.A. It's like the brain of traffic
2: right it's kind of like a hidden place not not many people understand know what we, we're doing uh, we have a capability to modify the timing to, uh, to make the traffic flow better
4: great let's go check it out when we enter the control room it looks kind of like a spaceship with an entire wall of video screens more than 20 of them showing intersections all over the city
2: yeah as you can see we have a lot of monitors and we also have a lot of computers Uh, The engineers that today is working, Letitia, she's the console engineer. So
4: one person is here controlling everything?
2: Yes, we have a lot of signal. Why we just need one person? Because it's called automated.
4: (laughs) Yeah, remember how this is called the automated traffic surveillance control center? Well, automated means things happen automatically, controlled by computer. Every single traffic signal at the 4,600 intersections in Los Angeles is hooked up to the computers in this center, and they're all programmed so that the lights stay green for the optimum amount of time based on the amount of traffic. So, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, the green light will be shorter because fewer cars will be driving through the intersection than, say, 9 a.m. during rush hour. The system knows how much traffic is on the streets because there are sensors, called loops, installed on the road, and when cars drive over, them, they tell the computers how many cars have passed and how long they've been waiting. So before this system was in place, how did traffic lights work in the city of L.A. or elsewhere, and how did this change how they work?
2: Uh, years ago, before we have this system, if we want to change a traffic signal, engineer has to drive all the way out to the intersection to manually change the signal. With our system. Everything's all interconnected and everything's all connected to the controller. We have second-by-second communication. Uh, We could actually modify timing as needed.
4: So it's almost like with all of this technology, it's like you have somebody at every intersection in Los Angeles saying this one should be green for this one based on the conditions, but you also have the eye of the universe to see how every intersection affects the rest of the city.
2: Oh, yeah. In addition, we also have a system to monitor in case if the signal lost power, uh, we have engineered to fix the system.
4: So you don't have a special button that you keep with you that you can make the light turn green when you're driving home?
2: No, we don't have such a, a button, yeah. So, but we, we on a daily basis, we try to understand the traffic circulation throughout the city. How's it looking right now? The traffic's been moving pretty good today. Cool. Thanks for showing me around. You're welcome.
0: That was cool. Did you get to push any buttons?
1: No, for some reason they didn't let me. Ugh, bummer. So if LA has this amazing technology, why do you still have the worst traffic?
4: Well, there's just a lot of people who want to use the roads all at once and not enough space. So why don't you make the roads bigger or build new ones? That's actually not a bad idea. And in fact, that's what a lot of cities have tried to do for a long time. Until they figured out it doesn't work. Why not? I'll let a real expert answer this. I talked to Professor Matthew Turner at Brown University, who co-wrote a study called The Fundamental Law of Road Congestion. Do you know what a fundamental law is? Like gravity? Yeah, it's a concept that applies to everything in the same way, no matter what. So?
3: The fundamental law of road congestion is something that we observe in the world, which is that when we add Highway capacity to a city, we see traffic increase at exactly the same rate. So if we double the amount of highways, we double the amount of miles that people drive in a year.
1: Wait a minute. If the traffic wasn't there before the road was, where does it come from?
4: Basically, creating more road space creates more demand to use that space. So say there's really bad traffic on the main road in town between 4 and 5 p.m. So your mom decides she's not going to go to the store then. She's going to wait until rush hour dies down. Or maybe she'll walk to the store because it's only a few blocks away. But then one day, the city adds another road or another lane to the busy road that makes it easier to get around. So your mom decides she is going to drive to the store, maybe even drive to a few stores. And when you multiply that by thousands or millions of people in a big city, boom, you get more traffic. It's called induced demand because the extra road space is inducing or encouraging people to drive more. OK,
0: so if building more roads doesn't get rid of traffic... What does?
4: Well, you could use an alternative form of transportation like walking or taking the bus. That doesn't really get rid of traffic, but it makes it so you don't have to sit in it Or we could design our cities in a different way so everything is closer together. That also doesn't get rid of traffic, but it makes it so you don't have to sit in it so long. And it makes it easier to use alternatives like walking or biking. But according to Matthew Turner and a lot of other people who have studied this, the only way to really get rid of traffic is to stop making the roads free.
3: I think maybe rather than thinking about rose, we could talk about hamburgers for a little bit.
4: Do you guys like hamburgers? I do. I love them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, good.
3: So in the same way as if you made any other thing available for free, then people will use more of it. So if you if you were to reduce the cost of hamburgers people would have more hamburgers.
4: Because you won't think so much about, you know, should I really eat this hamburger? Am I actually hungry? Should I wait or should I eat something healthier? But if you charge a lot of money for hamburgers, people will really think about their decision. And the same logic applies to roads. And the way that
3: works is to charge people, usually a small toll to be on the roads at the times that they're really busy. And what that does is that that discourages people from taking trips at the busiest times. And that spreads out the times when people take their trips and traffic moves a lot better.
4: A number of cities around the world have tried this, like Singapore, London, England and Stockholm, Sweden. In central Stockholm, they've seen a traffic reduction of 20 percent. And that's just enough to make traffic flow freely again. Remember that pea soup and and how it stayed pretty sloshy and liquid up to a point? Then it goes splat. Right. Well, cities like Stockholm are using tolls to avoid that mess.
0: What about driverless cars? Aren't they going to change everything?
4: Driverless cars will make a big difference in how traffic flows because, unlike humans, they can maintain a very steady speed. They don't need to look at their phone and they don't overreact to the driver in front of them. That could eliminate phantom traffic jams and let traffic flow like water. Hooray, bring on the robots. (laughs) But not so fast, literally. Remember what Matthew Turner said about how increasing capacity increases the demand to use the road? Yeah. Well, making traffic flow better with autonomous cars is just another way to increase capacity. It's not building a new road, but it's opening up new space on an existing road.
3: We have a lot of experience with capacity expansions, and it's not clear that the capacity expansion that we get from autonomous cars is going to be different than the capacity expansion that we get from adding lanes.
4: So just like adding lanes induces more people to use the road, driverless cars might too. And there's still a limited amount of space on the road. That means people will have to wait in line to use it.
0: Thank you so much for being here with us today, Megan, and increasing our traffic knowledge.
4: You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: Traffic has been an issue as long as we've had roads and cities.
1: And the flow of traffic itself acts kind of like a liquid.
0: The more cars you add, the slower they move on the road.
1: But adding more roads
0: just means more cars driving on them. Asking people to pay to use them might make the roads less congested. That's it for this episode of Brains On.
1: Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez, Sam Taunton, and Molly Bloom.
0: We had engineering help this week from Corey Streppel, Veronica Rodriguez, and Roger Smith. Many thanks to Kenneth Weber, Carolyn Hopper, Tom Cran, Steve Sterick, Mike Mulcahy, and Lauren D. Okay, Gabriella, looks like there's a lot of traffic ahead of us. So while we're waiting, let's read the most recent group of listeners to be added to the Brains Honor Roll. All right. Dashlan and Beckett from Vienna, Virginia. Lila Faye from Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Sydney from Fall River, Massachusetts. Olivia from Fox Ground, Australia. Gabrielle from Concord, Massachusetts. Dylan Zane and Wyatt from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Triton, Toby and Lincoln from Prince George, British Columbia. Sebastian from Saunders Beach, Australia. Gemma from Sterling Heights, Michigan. Ingrid from Wichita, Kansas. Henry from Minneapolis. Jacob and Jericho from Sugarland, Texas. Ms. DeFazio's class from Brussels. Alice and Elias, Lucille and Caroline from Indiana. Archimedes from Portland, Oregon. Luca from Santa Cruz, California. Tucker from Portage, Michigan. Alex from Durango, Colorado Connor and Tegan from Chennai, India Bear and Rainer from Issaquah, Washington Ansley from Stuttgart, Germany Christopher from County Mayo, Ireland Madeline from Vancouver, Washington Liana from Portland, Oregon Connor and Carissa from Perry Hall, Maryland Jonah from St. Anthony Village, Minnesota Luca and Asha from Brooklyn Marin from Bemidji, Minnesota Rye from San Francisco Leah and Pita from Singapore Evie from Salt Lake City, Utah Ananda from Salem, Oregon Bowden from Evergreen, Colorado Anya from Louisa, Virginia Jayla and Ray from Oakland Isaac and Julian from San Jose, California and Clyde and Faith from Milwaukee, Oregon. We'll be back with the final episode in our road trip series next week. Until then, you can keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Brains underscore On, and we're on Facebook, too. You can find the rest of the episodes in our road trip series at our website, BrainsOn.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.